WWDC is only three weeks away. Apple will reveal its latest iPhone operating system. We're talking about iOS 16 features on your wish list in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, what we all often call WWDC, is on June 6th. Apple uses that event to reveal their latest operating systems. Uh, and on the Macworld Twitter feed, uh, we posted a poll asking what features you want to see in iOS 16, with the idea also that I think everybody kind of knows this already, that a lot of features tend to cross over into iPadOS and macOS. Not that we wanted to leave that out intentionally, but often the features do cross over. So. It was also, uh, there was some iOS 16 news yesterday, so we were playing off of that. It was vague, and but it was, you know, they uh, Mark Gurman of Bloomberg talked about Oddly enough, he used the word fresh. So he said that there could be fresh Apple apps, which is like the the vaguest word in the his like is are they right. new? Are they refreshed? Are they revamped? Are they, like what does that word mean? So we were just kind of playing off of that. And that actually got the largest number of votes. Our poll on Twitter had over six hundred votes. Uh, and 48.1% of those people voted for the fresh Apple apps, as vague as that entry is. Regardless of which, how far that goes, um, it's been a while since we really got like a, like a real revamp of of any of Apple stock iOS apps. I mean, I, I, I want to say iOS 7 was probably the last time that they really dived in and, and did a complete redesign. I, you know, it's been piecemeal. Um, things like... Maps got a big visual redesign and it was separate from the new maps data, which is like rolling out regionally. But like everyone got a big maps redesign. Was it two iOS's ago or something? Um, and weather got a big redesign. It's it's fairly unrecognizable from a few years ago. But a lot of other things just keep getting a feature add. They get dark mode support and a feature add. So things like mail are really out of date and notes, reminders. They keep getting features, They and, but they don't – they kind of look and act the same. I guess there's also an argument that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But there are some apps that could use a refresh. Like I'd like to see the mail app get some – Yeah, mail, mail has <laughs> for years. I mean, there's third-party apps that just run circles around it. Uh, it's 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 not bad, you know. It'll do what it. I, I mean, I use it. it. It does what it needs to do, but it could be so much better. Phone app hasn't changed in a million years, and again, like you know, it's utilitarian. It's clear everyone knows how to use it, but I, I wonder if there's a, a sort of a broader change they're doing with, like everybody's sort of um, the image for people, whether no matter what app you're in, is a, like a circular thing. Right. And so there, and there's a lot of circles in a lot of apps, check boxes and, and toggles and all these things are circles. Like maybe they're squares, you know, and, and that requires a refresh of everything. Right. Or, you know, squares with rounded corners and stuff. So it, it could be something like that. It could just be sort of a new language, new IUI language that's less about circles. Like open up phone or reminders or anything like that. You see a lot of circles. <laughs> Circles everywhere. 
and they don't need to be circles. There's nothing about them that need to be circles. They could be squares or squared off rectangles or something like that. At Zangra tweeted back saying that he would like to see a mail app working without bugs. I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a ton of, but I know people do complain. Like some of those are just like device specific. Like there's one person who just some app doesn't just doesn't work and they need to do a factory reinstall and they haven't. But for the most part, um, yeah, I, I haven't experienced a ton of bugs on really any of Apple's stock apps. Uh, Jason, playing off of what you're talking about, the circles at the Black Whisper said, sounds daft, but instead of tile shapes, I want circle apps. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I doubt Apple is going to go away from the, the squircle, as they call it. On the, on but, uh, the home screens, yeah. Yeah, right, right, the, the, the icons. Um, Android uses circles. I believe they changed the circles a while ago. Unless unless that's just a pixel, I think I think it's all of them. But um, yeah, that's an iconic shape. Apple's not going to go away from that. They they have tweaked it over the years where the corners are more rounded than they used to be, and the shape changes. But it's so slight that you don't people don't even really notice it. If they went to circles, people would revolt. <laughs> I don't think it would match well with the shape of the phone. I think that's part of what they do is the screen itself, especially since they got rid of the. Um, Touch ID and and uh, went to the Face ID and True Depth sensors and got the screen to the edges of the phone. The screen itself has very rounded corners, and they kind of match that curve throughout the OS as much as they can. You know, you can't just you have to kind of one size fits all it. But yeah, I don't I don't see that going away anytime soon. But within Apple's own apps, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought this that the squircle if you if you will to more to more places where there are now either squares or circles right like everyone's profile image being a circle and every checkbox or tick box or something like that being a circle uh, german he he did say that there wouldn't be like a major overhaul visually and I wonder if, like, if that's ever going to happen again. I mean, <laughs> I still remember when iOS 7 came out and they flattened everything and got rid of all the skeuomorphism and people just were crazy upset about <laughs> iOS 7. And at this point now, it's been eight versions on from that. This will be the ninth. I, I just don't know if they'll <laughs> risk upsetting so many people for, you know, like, as you say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I mean, you could do a whole lot more. With iOS, but I think that what we have will be the the so so called final design until Apple just decides, you know, we're done with this and you know we we move on from the iPhone, kind of like the Mac, like the like you know Monterey is a lot different from I don't know like Snow Leopard and 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 Lion, but essentially it's it's a it's an evolution, not you know Big Sur changed things a bit more than than other ones had. But for the most part, it's 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 Mac OS. I think iOS, I think that I don't think we're gonna see like a wholesale design change anytime soon. Yeah, they've made some big changes, but it still looks like iOS. Like the the new widgets that actually go on the home screen, the app library, things like that, those were huge changes, but it it's still identifiably iOS and not Android or anything like that. You know, it doesn't 
look or act like that. If if you went from iOS six to iOS six to iOS seven, and you had like you hadn't paid attention to anything, and you hit that update button, when your phone restarted, it was like, whoa, this is totally different. Not to mention I, iOS seven had a bunch of bugs, problems with bugs and other things. It was shaky. Uh, along those lines, in our poll, we asked uh, one of the choices was new ways of interacting that was second on the list and got the second most votes at 27.1 percent but i would assume that new ways of interacting isn't just uh a graphical ui i would assume that would also mean voice interaction gesture interaction other yeah that's another that's another uh prediction that's like it, it, it it can't really be wrong like, like, like whatever Apple releases, there'll be something that you can say, well, that's a new system level of interaction, whatever he said. I mean, you know, listen, we reported on it because it's news and, and it's interesting, but German's predictions this time around, I'm sure they'll get more specific maybe in a week or two, but they're very much like, well, yeah, <laughs> of course these things are going to happen. Like like fresh Apple apps, no matter what it is, you can say, well, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, there will be some fresh Apple app. Yeah, sure. And what does fresh mean? What so, does fresh mean? Right? Is it is it a new feature to mail? Is it a new a new interface for reminders? Like any whatever it is, it'll fit that description. Yeah. But yeah, new 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 system interaction, like maybe new gestures. I'd like to see. Um, we were talking about this in Slack, and Jason um, didn't agree. But I'd like to see some of the iPad OS features, like maybe split screen or pencil support or something like that, come to the iPhone Pro to make it a little bit more of a productivity tool. I definitely think um, there's good ca- cause for um, pencil support. Like I, I can see where people would want to either write or draw or something. The split screen is just like that's a gimmick. Every, every, everybody gets excited about that on their Android phone. And for a week, they're like, look what you can do. But it leaves you with two incredibly tiny windows that are just useless. And then nobody uses it again. It comes in handy in very specific instances. I, mostly it comes in handy for the things that are handled by picture in picture, like the floating video window. And then you do something else. I think that covers most of the cases where people really get real utility out of split screen. Yeah, the, 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 well, that's the, the big one is picture in picture. That, that's helpful. So, like, like all over the place. So they've got that. And yeah, I, I think the split screen thing is kind of a waste right now. Like I don't, I don't need a window that's less than half the size. Of- is that a kind of feature that they could isolate to pro user? To yeah, I mean, they, they, pro phones? I mean, it would have to be as... Uh, at least the the Max phones, but now that they're having it, because it's really small on the on the iPhone 13 screen, the six point six point seven inch gives you a little bit more room, but um, I they probably won't do it. But but you there there could be a way that you can do it right, and it would be useful. I think I did use it when I used Android phones. Notification updates was third. It got seventeen point five percent. I'm surprised I got that. It got that much. Like we all want it, but that's not the thing we really want to see. Like just fix it and don't make a big deal out of it. <laughs> yeah, notifications are out of control, and Apple keeps adding a new feature that you can use to get your notifications under control. This doesn't help that because the problem is nobody goes and changes all the defaults. Like you've you've always been able to get your notifications under control. 
you just have to go into settings and set up all this stuff. And they keep adding another way for you to go set up all this stuff to get your notifications under control. And they need to just like lay down the law and be like, no, people are going to, we're going to change the rules and make it so that people stop getting a gajillion notifications. Make it more more like opt in than opt out. Make me have to hop into settings and change a bunch of stuff if I want more notifications, not if I want less. Could that also be resolved by making setting up your notifications or reconfiguring your notifications a big part of an OS update, of, of a major OS update? So, for instance, if you were to update to iOS 16. Yeah, make it part of the first boot process. Like right. you've got to go pick something, some stuff. Correct. Yeah. Like, you know how they show these opening screens, you know, introduction and yeah. stuff. And one of them would be you have to go through notifications and configure it the way you want it. Yeah, as long as whatever the default configuration, because most people are just going to go next, 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 okay, next. Just get me back to my home screen. This is stupid, you know, and they're not going to read anything and they're not going to pay attention. So it needs to be whatever that experience is of people just hitting next and okay a lot needs to be a more restrictive notification permissions than what is currently there. The the real worry, I guess, for most of this is, I, I don't know what Apple's worry is, but my worry is not that, that in doing something to stop apps from notifying you too often to get your attention and get you to use more apps, you might accidentally make it so that an important notification gets missed, your alarm going off or something like that. I don't mean your alarm like to wake you up at night. I mean like your security alarm, you know, or things like that. Like there are, we, we get important notifications that need immediate action. And that's part of the reason they need to get cut down on all the other notification spam so that when we're notified, we know it's important. Um, but we don't want those things to get cut out. So that would be a big change for developers. I don't think there's any way to do it without changing the notification frameworks for developers and saying, we're going to differentiate between a critical, like you need to act on this now notification and something that isn't something that is, oh, you got a Twitter DM versus yeah, you know, they, uh, your I alarm's going that's, off. That's that's how Google does it. Um, like for let's say Target. Like a delivery is one channel and a sale is another channel. So you can say, okay, I yes. don't want this to come, but I don't want this to come. Even, yep. even within the same app, Apple yeah. doesn't allow that. That would be a big change and a useful change. But it would also, as you were saying, create even more work for the user to now go in not just an app, like four different channels within the same app and pick which ones you want to price. Yeah, they would need a new default setting that says something like, look, only – the emergency things things actually show a notification and make a sound and then a different channel gets delivered immediately but doesn't make any sound and is gets delivered and then everything else doesn't goes into your summary like talking about all these notifications now i mean the iphone is like 15 years old and we're still talking about this like what happens when we have glasses on our face and things are popping up in front of our eyes yeah. every, every five minutes like yeah it's a it's a thing we need that, that apple needs to figure out they have a whole new opportunity there because it's not your iphone right i would imagine there's going to be an option to sh to mirror your iPhone notifications in your glasses and stuff. But by default, like what the glasses show you, like Apple has an opportunity to set a whole new set of ground rules here, 
with the benefit of knowing how notifications are abused by applications to flood you with information. Um, so they, I, I would start off with whatever Apple Glass's ability to notify you is being extremely restrictive, maybe even to the point where only Apple gets to do it. it only system pop-ups, right? And then very, very slowly like introduce critical stuff for notifications. Because yeah, that's the last thing I need is notifications popping up in my vision telling me my energy and my game is replenished or I have, you know, it's, it's time to spend my diamonds or whatever. It's just a million things or that, you know, 15 people replied to my tweet or something like we don't need that. We already don't need it on our phones and we definitely don't need it like popping up in our vision. Uh, So in our poll, 7.3%. Voted other, and they left a comment. I thought we'd go through some of these tweets. At not not blue tweeted, would like HomeKit Home app to be better and just working perfect without going into no response. Lots of time. I, I read that too, and yeah, he he missed a couple of words when he was writing that, but I understand what he's saying. The Home app is not great, and if some if some app is going to get a a fresh version, <laughs> that one should be the first one because. I, in fact, uh, like a week and a half ago, I, I had to just completely nuke my home app and start over with my home because nothing worked. And it's not – it's just not great. Even when it does work, it's not great. Yeah. I mean, there's technical issues with I, – I, and this is true of all these smart home things where you have all these different smart home like networks and they all – every device is reliant on connecting and then your home app has to connect to your your home. and It's kind of a mess. But even if all that worked, the home app's core interface is really bad. It, it doesn't look like any other Apple app. And it's built completely around like every single device in your home is just a, a little square it, tile. You can't, right? You have to like, like peer at every little box because they all look the same. <laughs> they all look the same. And yeah. they all are built around the idea of like two states. You tap it to go on or off. But but the stuff you have in your home are not on or off. Like they have levels and things. So you need you have to long press and you don't know which ones you can long press or what happens when you long press it and stuff. It's a whole mess. I mean there should be different interfaces and icons for things like lights and toggleable stuff like switches and you know the home app is really bad and <laughs> just needs a complete do-over. I, I generally just use the the manufacturer app, like like I use the Hue app and I use the whatever app because it's- I never open the Hue app. I just use Voice for all those things. Well, but, yeah, sure. But the Home when app, not, right? When I'm not using Voice, it's it's just it's just not it's not good. Even like the August, I have an August lock, and I just like open the August lock when I when I'm home. I just or you know if if, if I'm in a different door than my location setting, it's just. It's just it's often easier just to use the the third party app, which means you have I have ten or twelve apps that I don't I shouldn't need to go to on a daily basis, but I do. At still tortoise tweeted reinstall offloaded apps automatically. I assume apps are automatically offloading when I install iOS updates. It's a pain finding an app has offloaded when there's limited mobile data signal to reinstall it. I don't use offloading, so I didn't really understand the the complaint. I guess I have enough storage on my phone where I, I don't have to do that. Uh, they do re-download upon demand. I guess they're asking because, like, the, the icon doesn't go away; it just 
gets the little cloud next to it and then you tap it and it reinstalls the app, but it kept your user data for the app. So you should be right back where we were. Maybe, I guess they're asking, don't wait for my demand to tap it. As soon as there's room again for the app, reinstall it without waiting for me to tap on it because I'm tapping on it to use it and I'm somewhere where I don't have good signal. At DMP FYI tweeted, he tweeted a bunch of things. Uh, I'll just name a couple of them. One of them is cross-platform iMessages. We do have cross-platform iMessages, but the Mac... Oh, wait, wait, what do they mean? Oh, like like support for Android? I, I would assume that's, that's, that's what he means. Well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's the... The, uh, the age-old, not age-old, but the several-year-old question, like, will they ever bring RCS to messages? Well, that's a different thing that's entirely. What, well, it's different, but it's but it's similar. Like, it would not have all the iMessage features. That would just be like, Greenbubbles support RCS now. They should do that, for sure. That would be better. But, but you would get things like typing prompts and, and, you know, it would be better than SMS is now. Right. But it would not be as good as iMessage. It would not have all the iMessage features. Right. Which is fine. That's okay. I mean, you know, you want you want some exclusivity for iPhone people. But RCS should definitely be a thing. That would make the Android to iPhone messages experience just loads better. It's also just better from a user standpoint of security. Like, I know they don't encrypt group chats and RCS, but they encrypt to single person apps, I mean, chit chats, which are a lot of things and is better than no encryption like they have now. <laughs> like it's just SMS is wide open. It's a problem. And you get all these two factor codes and stuff through it. R- RCS would be a, a big improvement. At Cold Coffee 88 tweeted new codec for ALAC playback wires wirelessly. Is that pronounced ALAC? That's the Apple lossless audio codec. Right. Yeah, but bandwidth is the issue. Um, Make sure you have enough Bluetooth bandwidth. Um, The main reason they don't do it with most things. There's there's rumors that they're working on their own proprietary situation. But yeah, until that happens, we're stuck. At HMC, Kevin tweeted, always on display and some GD wallpapers, dynamic wallpapers like macOS. Well, always on display for sure. I would be shocked if that was an OS feature and not a new phone feature at this point. Yeah, even though it doesn't need to be, it it would not surprise me if they kept it but too. Yeah, that if if we go another year without it always on display, it's, I'm just going to pull my hair out. It's crazy <laughs> that we have OLED. We're, we have had OLED displays for like four generations now. Yeah, and we still don't have an always on display, even a rudimentary one. Stay tuned for the live stream of uh, Michael <laughs> Simon pulling out his hair after the WWDC. <laughs> totally good, yeah. <laughs> after at least after September, it's like you said, it's probably going to be tied to hardware. But you watch iPhone 14; it's not going to have. We we haven't heard any rumors about that specific feature. We did for the iPhone 13, and it didn't. It and it didn't, didn't happen. Arrive, yeah. yeah. So it'll be pro only too for some reason. That's fine. Listen, just give me. Something so I can so eventually it'll come to all the phones and then we can you know just get there yeah yeah it's, at it's, this it's, point it's, just it's, get there <laughs> like I'd love to this is when I'd love to talk to like one of Apple's engineers and be like like I got you guys must have talked about it what's the whole like why mm. like they have someone must bring it up every week hey are we gonna do an always on display this week <laughs> and someone says well no here's why and somebody says like well our data shows that it would not sell more iPhones right that's right. And it probably wouldn't, but it would make your current iPhone users pretty damn happy. (laughs) 
at Artashir Mitha says, full faultless voice control of every function in every app. Yeah, that's not happening. Well, <laughs> full and faultless is a lot. Um, they yeah. keep... They keep making, uh, you have to dig into the accessibility features to do this, but it's actually pretty impressive what you can control with voice. If you turn on the accessibility features to control voice, you have to know how to navigate it. Like you have to know how the controls to have special words for like tapping in this location and stuff like that. But there's a lot there. You're never going to get just like, I talk to my all my apps in a natural way and just say, click on this button and stuff like that. That's just, that's just not going to happen. Because it's part of it's because of the way apps are, are developed. They don't necessarily have every interface element labeled in a way that the OS would understand what you're saying when you're saying, like, close this or something, you know. At Matt Lakeland tweeted, ability to add store loyalty cards to Apple Wallet. I don't think that's necessarily an iOS thing, is it? Uh, that exists. You can, you, can, um, you can do that right. for most places. I wouldn't like say you, most. Like, There's well, a, you have to go through the app and like, you know, like CVS and Walgreens and stuff. Like you have to go through a couple of steps to get there. Yeah, it's not that easy, but you but, can do it. And those are notable examples of ones who have done it. Uh, Panera is another good one. Actually, Panera has the best experience because it will use your Panera loyalty card just when you pay with Apple Pay at Panera. You don't have to open the loyalty card. Like you just pay with Apple Pay and it recognizes and everything. It's pretty cool. It's it's even a step better than say Walgreens yeah. and stuff. But there are thousands and thousands of retailers and stuff that don't support that. Right. So it's not necessarily just to clarify, it's not necessarily that Apple doesn't let you do it. It's up to the individual developer to implement it. Yeah. Now what they may want is what there are some third-party apps out there that will do this. Maybe you want something built in that let you kind of take a photo of your loyalty card. And what it does is it puts a thing in there with like the card number and stuff. So there's there's ways to do that now. And maybe that you could want something built in. But all it does is give you the barcode to scan. Like Apple wants it to work with the tap system and, and all that stuff. Since we're talking about wallet, at Slightly99 wants driver's licenses in wallet. And that's coming. Yeah, that's yeah, you can you can do that in like one or two states, maybe three. And yeah, it's 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 rolling out. That's that's less of an Apple thing and more of a state government thing at this point. Yes, there's a, a standard that isn't just Apple's standard, but Apple is among the first to support a digital ID standard. That got ratified at the last couple of years, and only a few states are rolling this out so far. You have to petition your state legislature to get on this. At Tom, Rob tweeted that he'd like to see more native Mac OS apps. And again, I, that's not necessarily an Apple thing. That's up to developers. You mean like M1? Yeah, I think I mean Apple Silicon. Yeah, pretty much all the Apple apps are. They're not all Catalyst apps. <laughs> and and some could be, like messages could be refreshed to better reflect all the features that exist on like the iOS versions, but that's other developers. That's going to happen because Macs are doing better than ever in terms of sales. And they are also, all the Intel Macs are going away. Like the only one left is the Mac Pro. If you're a developer and you make any kind of little utility or anything, from the smallest utility to the biggest thing, and you're not making a universal app or an M1 optimized version, well, you better get on it because 
the day is coming when there's an, a Mac OS update that drops support for universal apps. Well, I think, I think it's probably, it's going to be a few years, but it's years. that day is that day's what are you waiting for? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could WWC will possibly, maybe even likely bring the last Mac to transition, at least a preview of it. So yeah, a Mac Pro. I mean, yeah, this is probably and and oh, the, the, that that Mac Mini still kicking around too. There's a couple, but yeah, it's it's definitely uh, moving right along. You got to get on there's the yeah there's you can still get an Intel Mac Mini, but there's also already M1 Mac Mini. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't quite understand that. That that's probably for another show. Like why that <laughs> model is still sold and who's buying it? Uh, yeah, that's a it. weird one. It's not even faster than the M1. <laughs> it's just it's got more ports. Yeah, yeah, right. and maybe that's the ports. issue. Maybe until the next version has a couple more USB ports or something. And uh, we'll end on this one. At Jordal wants no more spam texts. I would be so happy if Apple did something about spam texts and spam calls. Like there are there are apps you can download to fight spam calls, and they work. A couple of them work very well, but what they are essentially doing is signing you up for a call forwarding service because your calls have to first go to a forwarding service that analyzes them and then forwards them along to your phone if they're legit. That would be an, a really awesome thing for Apple to tackle and have their own backend for. That is fully secure and encrypted and private and all that other good stuff. And it's just a, a thing you can just turn on in settings, <laughs> just, just like private browsing or something, right? You know, this would be an excellent, excellent thing for them to, to tackle as a company on a universal scale and just have, be able to turn on spam fighting in my phone. It's not terribly different from what it did with iCloud plus with email. Like we, that's, that's a natural extension, I think of that, you know, we have the, uh, the hide my email thing, the, the, what's it called email, the, the, the relay and the, the forwarding, whatever it does. Yeah. It's similar, similar to that. Yeah. It's similar in scope. I mean, it's a completely different thing because now you got to work with all these carriers, but, but that's exactly the kind of thing the world's biggest tech company would be great to do. <laughs> like you're a $2 trillion company. You are just the one and you control the OS. Right. And you have you're all about encryption and privacy and everything. So you are exactly the one I want to turn on a call forwarding service to that just checks for is this a spam call and then forwards it on it to my phone if it's not. That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode seven hundred and ninety-three. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. Thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify, on Amazon Music, or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. 